0: The nonprofit RAND Corporation, with support from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, recently released the latest results of an ongoing poll of people with lower and middle incomes with a focus on communities of color. The poll looks at how COVID-19 is affecting health, views, values, and experiences of those who are most affected by the pandemic. We wanted to learn more about this, so we reached out to Dr. Anita Chandra. She is the Vice President and Director, RAND Social and economic well-being. Give a listen. So let's start kind of with the, the concept of this survey. What were you looking for?
1: Yeah, you know, one of the things that we've been interested in for some time is kind of where Americans' values and attitudes are about health and also about some of the deep kind of divisions that we have around health disparities and health inequities in our country. And um, and we wanted to understand that in the context of the pandemic and everything that's been happening since 2020. And in this particular survey, we wanted to understand what was happening with those communities that were really affected and highly impacted by the pandemic. That is communities of color and also low-income communities that are taking a lot of the disproportionate brunt uh, of the pandemic's effects. And so that's what we set out to do. We're actually following this uh, panel for the next year. We started in the summer of 2020, and we'll be doing that until the summer of 2021 to see how views and attitudes evolve or change or not. And that was our intention.
0: And what did you find?
1: Well, we thought that perhaps you know the pandemic, given the um, growing awareness, or at least we thought uh, about things like racial inequities, the differential impacts of COVID and the pandemic on different kinds of communities, that that might raise awareness amongst the American public Uh, about the role of race and racism and systemic racism and helping to explain some of the differences that we see in health outcomes, access to health care and other kinds of related issues. And unfortunately, we didn't actually see that kind of movement that we were expecting. We still see a lot of difficulty, um, particularly in some groups, for acknowledging or understanding the role that race and systemic racism play in health and access to being healthy in health care. And so that was a very striking for us. Uh, we noted that people do understand that there are differences by where people live, geography and income. So they understand that rural communities often have limited access to those services. They understand that people from lower incomes often have differential access, but they don't understand the role that race has had for many years in terms of explaining some of the differences that we see in terms of who's healthier and who's not in our society.
0: To what, I I don't know if this is even a fair question, what do you attribute that? Is that just kind of an indictment of how deeply ingrained this systemic racism is that people, even people of color, just think this is how it's supposed to be and this is how it is?
1: Yeah, you know, we definitely, certainly we saw differences. I mean, Black and Hispanic respondents understood issues of race and systemic racism better than um, white respondents. Uh, But we still have a lot of movement to go if we want to kind of cross the 50% threshold of people really getting it, which often matters when you're trying to develop policy and make real change in society. Some of it is about lived experience and that might help explain some of the differences that we see by race and understanding of these issues and acknowledgement of systemic and historical issues. Some may be about education. We don't talk about it a lot. People don't understand sometimes that there have been policies put in place that have disadvantaged some over others, and that that's different than other forms of racism. You don't have to be individually racist or have prejudiced thoughts to have benefited from some of those longstanding systems. And that's kind of a hard concept for people to understand. And what are we doing in terms of education and awareness And then, you know, quite frankly, we don't talk about race with ease in our country. We do talk about uh, income differences and the fact that more money means more access for a lot of people, but we don't talk about our long history with race. And we're seeing that, unfortunately, bear out over the last year plus. Uh, So we have some work to do, but making assumptions that everybody gets it and we're all on the same page and we're ready to go on some of these issues that were raised in 2020 particularly around systemic racism, that would be a mistake. We've got a lot more work to do in terms of raising people's understanding, their context, and their uh, acknowledgement of some of those historical factors.
0: So where do we start to try to fix this? I mean, talk about educating people, but, you know, going deeper, if we really want to try to root this out and get more of a level playing field, what are some of the top ways we can do that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we, we have to actually not just say this exists, but really show people through very action-oriented ways, showing how um, these things uh, play out in an everyday person's life um, and all the things that they confront. And we talk a lot about how um, so much of your health is actually driven by everything that happens outside of the doctor's office. About 90% of your health is what you, where you live, where you work, And we can explain some of these factors to people better, to show people where you get to live, the home that you get to afford or buy, the environment that you get access to, whether it's healthy or not. Every day that builds and compounds. And I think that should explain some of these racial differences. Uh, But we've got to kind of immerse people in that conversation. It's not just a textbook, you know, school curriculum kind of thing. We've got to talk about it. And we've got to explore it. And we've got to create safe spaces for the conversation so that it's not one of accusation, but one of understanding. And we just simply don't do that.
0: I think this pandemic has ripped the Band-Aid off of a lot of things, a lot of things that we were maybe comfortable whistling past the graveyard. It's impossible Correct. to do that. Has, does this give us a moment to, to your point about explaining this where a lot of this stuff is kind of laid bare and we can point to specific examples and say this is this has to stop and you know as awful as this pandemic has been i feel like in some cases and this being one of them it kind of maybe offers a reset to to start to down a better path
1: well absolutely you know across racial group, amongst this you know group that we have been surveying who have been heavily impacted economically and otherwise by the pandemic there is a resounding endorsement that this is an opportunity for positive change in our society to really grapple with some of these inequities economically and socially. I think the point, though, is to say just because we had raised the awareness, particularly with more you know, news reports and media reports talking about things like systemic racism, I can't tell you how much I've heard that term more in the last year than I have in prior years as a researcher who studies this. But that's not going to do it. That's, um, that's, that is not enough of the conversation. And so even with that kind of shock to our system about um, civil unrest and um, policing discussions and COVID and everything else that's going on, it's gonna take a lot more to move values and mindsets. These are deeply entrenched uh, and they are harder to move than a lot of other things. You know, We can ask people whether they support one policy over another and they, they might change from year to year. We see that in our work. Um, but when it comes to kind of how you see your community by race, um, how you see your trajectory in America, the kind of narrative that you buy into, that, that's tightly held. And we've been studying this long before this survey. These mindsets and, and attitudes are, um, are going to take some real work. And so as much as the Band-Aid was ripped off, it's not a Band-Aid solution, right? And that we have to acknowledge.
0: Were there any other findings that, that stood out to you from from this set of the survey?
1: Well, you know, the one thing I will say is while there's deep – we ask questions about trust in the federal and, and state government and some of those kinds of questions. And I don't think it will be surprising to you that trust in government is at the all-time low, although a little bit more trust in state um, and local government over the federal government. But we asked questions about what people were doing in their communities to help each other out, what they were observing about civic engagement in their communities. And there were a lot of promising things that people were reporting locally. People were collaborating. People were helping each other out. And so how can we build on those stories locally where people are renewed and reawakened in terms of their civic responsibility, neighbor helping neighbor? How can we build on that to remind ourselves kind of of what our mission is nationally? And I think there's a lot to dig into at the local level that was very promising from our survey and and lifting up those um, approaches, those strategies, those stories will be absolutely critical going forward because I think that's where a lot of the innovation will be on some of these conversations about race and health and equity and those kinds of topics.
0: That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon.